Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com slash breadbox. Hello and welcome to Real Living. This is Lavinia Spirito with Mary Lou Nemechek. And today uh, we are going to discuss kind of a, it's a concept more than a subject. And it's the concept of strength. What do people mean about being strong? What do people understand when they hear the word strength? What do people say when they say, oh, so-and-so is so strong? You know, what does that mean exactly? And also I want to compare and contrast perhaps popular ideas about strength with what God means as strength. You know, what is strength from a biblical point of view? I hope to eventually in other shows kind of flesh it out, um, talking about certain the strength that we see in certain people in the Bible, especially certain women. But for now, I just wanted to kind of discuss the concept. What is strength? What are we talking about when we say strong? And why do you need it? Because a lot of people don't really think they need divine strength. They just think they just need to get through the next day, right? What is your experience, Mary Lou, when people talk about strength? Oh, I, I think that um, people have a tendency to, to frame it in today's culture, of course. And, um, you know, strength could be through affluence, um, it could be yep. through your devotion and, you know, in your religion, it could be through, um, you know, your, your stratus in the, in, in with, with, with the culture, i.e. your wealth or, you know, right. influence, things like that. People automatically think you're strong if you have power to do certain things, mm-hmm. which can be good or can be bad. Mm-hmm. But I do think lots of people by their strength. I mean, people will gravitate to people that they consider having strength um, because they, they want some of that to rub off on them, perhaps. Um, I think that there's, you know, I think everyone can have kind of their own um, thoughts about strength. From my perspective recently, um, people will focus on me and others I know with strength through the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only, that's the only frame that they see you in now that they focus on you is, are you strong now? Are you recovering? Are you this? Mm-hmm. So, you know, strength can be so many different things in different circumstances to people. Um, but I, I, you know, from my personal perspective, a lot of times strength is uh, uh, people of 
of faith that you, you know, that person at church and isn't she something she's so strong in her, in her faith. Um, so it could be so, so, so many different things. Well, and I think that sometimes people, if you don't break down in front of them, you're strong, you know, exactly. it's like you may be holding it together with chewing gum on the inside, but you know, it's almost like people are relieved when when people don't like just go to pieces in front of them if they've had a hard thing. Right. Because and then they go around, and they say, oh, that person is so strong. But really, is that strength? But inside they're they're you know, they're weak. Is, is that strength? Yeah, that's my question. Is that gutting it out? Is that using your own resources? I mean, what what exactly does it mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's room there for God's strength to allow you to not fall apart all the time while you're dealing with inner issues. But that's different. I remember um, instances in my own family, my, my poor mother, she was, she was very much um, an evader, evader. Like she would evade hard topics and she would evade hard relationships and she would just flat out run away from any kind of confrontation. And, um, and yet in certain areas, she put on her high heels and she, you know, she would face things with what I suppose you could call strength, you know, she had a real presence about her. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but it's like every, with everyone else, you, you see that on the outside, but you don't know what's going on on the inside. That's right. So the need for, for really for divine strength is to make the outside match the inside, to know that that when we count on a strength that is not our own, but is divine, um, you know, I think that's the best one. Have I already read Psalm 46 or did I read it to you? Uh, no, you started reading it to me. But can I make one comment about sure. what you just said? Yeah, um, I do think that. God provides divine strength in, in different circumstances, especially if you've lost a spouse or a child or something. Mm-hmm. You, you will look back on it. And By think, definite. How in the world did I get through that funeral or whatever the situation may be? And it wasn't on your own strength. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. So there are instances where you can kind of pinpoint where God really picked you up and carried you through a situation through his strength, not in your side. And you yeah. see it in hindsight, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's good because, you know, sometimes God isn't going to send us a telegram saying, okay, um, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> batten down the hatches We're, you know, st- my strength is coming now. You know, yeah. I think true strength comes from a, a daily relationship with the, with the, with the, with the Lord and the power of the Holy spirit. And at that point, then you can tap into the well of strength. If not, you're just tapping into your own reservoirs or maybe your friends or your children or your, you know, your parents reservoirs of strength, which is good too. I mean, you know, we're meant to live in community. There's nothing wrong with relying on other people's strength. As a matter of fact, I think sometimes God gives us that divine strength so that we can be there for people and carry them through. Right, exactly. You know, it's not about being a lone ranger, right? So the right. kind of strength that I'm thinking of, of course, is the one, and I thought this is a great quotation from Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, 
Though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. You know, that's, a, I think, a perfect description of relying on the Lord as strength. But let's go back to this kind of idea of what exactly is strength. You know, I mean, um, I, you know, as you know, I go to the gym a lot. I went this morning. I went to boot camp. So we did a lot of <laughs> strength training, right? So when you, sometimes people, you talk about strength, they, they think, hey, strength training, you know, I mean, have you heard about uh, how you can lift this much weight and it'll help your arms or, you know, whatever. So it's bodily strength, right? Strength training. Then, you know, like if you're an architect or an engineer, you're thinking about the tensile strength of buildings, like what it's going to take to erect, you know, a, a tall building. Or perhaps you look at the mountains, in the background and you say, oh, wow, that's just, that gives you this idea, right, of might and of strength, of power, you know. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a type of psychological strength that advocates sweeping away all obstacles in pursuit of one's goal. So you have like, you know, I don't know, the, the world leader who is a quote unquote, a strong man, Right. But a strong man in all the wrong connotations of the word, because they're killing people, because they're they have crooked business practices, because they uh, wrongfully imprison people, because they throw their power around. But they're not truly strong. Right. Right. You have that kind of idea that Machiavelli called it. The end justifies the means the being means. being strong, perhaps in not a way that um, is God's strength and that certainly will backfire. Right. Uh, there's no coincidence that Machiavelli's statue in Florence is by the garbage cans right behind the Uffizi. <laughs> I always thought that was so appropriate. <laughs> you know? I know exactly right where there, you're talking about. Be the Kirby's, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, there's also inner strength. But usually sometimes people say, well, that person has such inner strength. Maybe they're sourcing it from their own independence from their own reliance. Well, I don't care what anybody says. I'm just going to do this, you know, and perhaps people perceive that as strong. Whereas instead, perhaps we could say that it's a little bit foolish because uh, in the end, your strength is going to run out. But the strength of God never does run out. Right. Sometimes we talk about strength of character. Right. What comes to mind when you think about somebody that they say has a, is, has strength of character? What does that mean? You know who comes to mind immediately to me is Mother Teresa. You know, she had such strength of character that affected every person that she came in contact with, and they didn't even know it at the time. Mm -hmm. That's true strength, because the poor woman was like, what, four foot ten? Yes. And yes. Uh, all, you know, punched over, and yet she had a will of steel yes. and the strength. The right strength, though, right? The strength of God and the strength of character. Sometimes we talk about the strength of character just to indicate a person who is inherently coherent to their ideals, right? Or to their morals or to whatever. But by that logic, we could say that a person has strength of character when they carry on doing something ridiculous, you know, or bad. You know, we could say that a Nazi, an SS stormtrooper, has strength of character because he obeys his Fuhrer, right? And uh, and is consistent. So strength of character needs to be directed to the right virtue, to the right person, to the right um, person to follow, right? 
Right. Strength of character needs to be something that is based on something else, right? The character of God, obviously. So there's all different ways in which the world talks about strength, but really we're talking about the strength that is by its very nature, super or above nature, supernatural strength. That's true strength. Why? Because he'll always give it to you. You can always rely on it and it's never going to run out. Right. So there is a right. I think without the strength that God gives us is impossible. What is our mission on earth? uh, Mary Lou, our mission on earth is what to grow in holiness, right? To grow in our relationship with the Lord and what? To drag as many people as possible. We can to heaven with us. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's, we think about it in the context of our families, but we should think about it in the context of everybody that we know, you know, having influence with people, it could mean that you're just friends, or it could mean that they respect how you do your job, or it could mean that they like the way you do whatever, you know, and our influence, just our presence with people is something that is part of our mission. But our mission is going to fail unless we have, we're relying on the right foundation, right? On the right strength. So... I would submit that without true strength, which is God's strength, it would be impossible to fulfill our mission, right? So, and you know, God's strength is available, as you said, to all of us. You know, no one's no one's not going to be, you know, uh, not available to use the strength that he gives us. We just have to tap into it. And um, and that takes a bit of real trust and humility. Amen. Well, and also... Um, so, but what comes to mind here is we're talking, you and I know what we're talking about when we talk about God's strength, right? And maybe perhaps most people listening to us who come from the Judeo-Christian tradition kind of get an idea of what God's strength means. And maybe sometimes they, they may not agree on how to get the strength or whether we need the strength, but they do kind of get an understanding of who God is. But what about the people out there who are asked to rely on God's strength or they're asked to do things in a certain way, and they don't really have a relationship with God. They've never heard of him, or they've never heard him preached effectively, or they just don't know him. So what about those who are not exposed to the God of Israel and to his son, Jesus? You know, how can you say to somebody, be strong on the Lord, if they don't know who the Lord is? Right? Right. I always think about that. We shouldn't always talk in our own echo chambers about things that people know because people like us know it and because we're disciples. And that's great. I mean, it's good to have support. But for the most part, part of our mission is looking around and saying, who is it that has no idea who God is and what his strength is? Right? Well, I think those are the people that we're called to, to seek. seek exactly. out. That's the mission, right? The mission is go out to seek and save the lost, right? To seek the lost so that the Lord can save them. But the way we seek them is by leaning on God's strength and God's power. All right. Now, so so you could have that. I, th- I always go back to Lumen Gentium, the constitution uh, from Vatican II, which speaks about, I think it's in, um, it's chapter 16. Um, and it talks about how, uh, Yes, salvation is through Jesus Christ, but if you are a pagan or if you don't know the Lord, if you live in a church you've never heard about it, as long as you walk according to the light that is given to you, 
So what does that mean? It means that you're referring to the natural moral law. And that ties in with what Paul says, that even before there was revelation, God revealed himself in nature, in creation. And and he also revealed himself in the natural moral law, in the law that says it's always wrong to kill. It's always wrong to steal. I don't care if you're from Papua New Guinea or from from Norway. Uh, there are cross-cultural truths about how the love of friends and family is a good thing. You don't have to be a Christian or, or a Jew to understand that the love of friends and family is always a good thing, right? right. And you don't have to have you don't have to be a, a Christian or a Jew to understand that murder and theft are always bad, right? How do we know that? How do we know that? How do we, as human beings, pick up on those things? Well, because there is that natural law, that moral law that cuts across cultures, cuts across geography, cuts across centuries, and shows us that there's so some things are always evil, some things are always good. And we wouldn't know that if we did not have a source of good and evil, right? Those ideas are in our mind because there is absolute good and there is absolute evil. Evil. Right? Right. So that goes like for the flat out pagans, for the people who've never heard of God, for the people before God's uh, public revelation. So the people before the scriptures were written down or transmitted. God always leaves a way to himself, even if you haven't been exposed to his public revelation. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's say you've never read the Bible. Let's say you don't, you live in an environment in which everybody's an atheist. You could even be a person, a first world person, somebody living in the West. Maybe you're living in Colorado. Maybe you're living in New York City. Maybe you know, and, and nobody around you is a believer. You, your family was not a believer. You could be living within the context of, for now, well, I don't even think we're a Judeo-Christian society anymore, but you can live in a society in which there are certain givens and you just take them even though you don't have the foundation because you've never heard the gospel preached. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. That's part of the mission is being contagiously Christian so that people who don't know <clears throat> and to who we don't even get to talk to will be able to catch the vision. So it, there is a way, because I'm going to talk about in other shows, we're going to talk about some biblical women, for instance, who we know mostly because by how bad they were, right? We think about Jezebel or Sapphira or Herodias or people like that, who you're like, oh, boo, hiss, Jezebel is like her name is a byword, right, for what not to do. Exactly. But I like to think about, now, wait a minute, did Jezebel ever have a chance to hear about the God of Israel? You know, seriously, you know, we're going to examine her case a little bit closer, but did she get exposed? So, uh, you know, because her stories in the Bible is a cautionary table, one must assume that she must, she must have been, <clears throat> she must have been given a choice between good and evil, etc., to walk in the light according that was given her, and it must have been rejected by her. That would be the 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 idea, right? Exactly. So, just to sum it all up. What is true strength? True strength is, uh, one, knowing God, and two, relying on his strength, knowing that we don't have to rely upon ourselves, we don't have to rely on our families, we don't have to, I mean, yes, of course, we have to rely on ourselves and our families. I'm not saying we should be doormats, but what I am saying is we need to know that when all the chips are down, God is there for us. God is there 
for us. And his strength is the strength that we need to lean on because it's supernatural. It never runs out and it's always available for those who ask. But what's the catch? We got to ask. Right. Right. Just like God, God says, oh, look, let me give you salvation, even if you don't want it. No, that's never the case. We have to ask for it. Right. And we have to ask for strength as well. I think and that's, that's and that's it, it sounds simple, but it's huge. It's oh, it's huge. I mean, you know, it's a work. It's a life's work. Right. Mm-hmm. To get to the point where you're confronted by something, you're confronted by a challenge, you're confronted by a choice to know that the first thing you want to do is to ask the father, father, what should I do? Right. 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 What should happen? We will develop this concept of strength a little bit further, but we just wanted to give you a taste of where her, some of our our future shows are going to go. In the meantime, um, here's a little bit of homework. Look up Psalm 46, well, read the whole thing. It's really cool. But if you don't have any time, just read verses 1 through 3 of Psalm 46. The Lord is our strength and our helper, a very real presence and helper in times of trouble. Thank you for joining us. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.